You're listening to Radio International with JP. Hi, hello, this is Monica Linkita and I'm from Lithuania. You're listening to Radio International with GP. And this is my song, Stay, Chuto Tuto. And this is Dion Cooper. We're from the Netherlands. And you're listening to Radio International with JP. And this is our song, Burning Daylight. Enjoy. I'm sorry, I'm just human. I'm losing myself on chasing eyes. I'm burning daylight. Hello, this is Alessandra from Norway. You're listening to Radio International with JP. And this is my song, Queen of Kings. from Bulgaria and this is my song If Love Was a Crime It's Radio International You and I We collide Like the stars on a summer night We can shine forever
this is Linda Woodruff, the official spokesperson for the Eurovision Broadcasting Union, the EBU. You're listening to Radio International with JP. It's amazing. And so are you. Hello, Linda. Hello, everybody out there on the radio land and cyberspace. Wherever you're listening to this, this is Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience. Into October, into the autumn of 2023. Starting us off with Pauli Genova there out of uh, 2016. Representing Bulgaria and until that day it was the highest achievement for the country. She reached fourth place and the year after Christian Kostov even better that to get all the way up to number two. But Pauli Genova probably might want to return to the Eurovision Song Contest if she's got the right song to come. If Love Was a Crime was her entry back in 2016 in Stockholm, in Sweden, from the Ericsson Globe there. Now, what have we got coming up on the show this week? It's our holiday special because some of our colleagues are on summer vacation still, stretching the summer. So we have no Eurovision news and no Eurovision Spotlight as such, but we do have Eurovision Spotlight XXL. And uh, in our second hour, our guest of honor is uh, Peter Orban, who was the German commentator for 25 years from 1997 to 2023. And he retired after the Eurovision Song Contest this year at the age of 75. Salman met the uh, gentleman at the Benidorm Fest earlier on in uh, 2023 and uh, submitted an interview to us we'd like to share with you and all the stories that Peter has got to say what a commentator is up to when doing the commentary at the Eurovision Song Contest. That's coming up in the next hour. Hour 3 and 4 is the Eurovision Spotlight XXL as we continue. The mini-series of five parts. It's part 2 and 3. The last place songs in the Eurovision Song Contest with Dermot Manning and part number 5. I beg your pardon, part number 3. <laughs> Alistair Randall there. And David Mann in this hour has got the Eurovision birthday file and cover spot for you. And I've got some new releases of Eurovision artists too. But first, let's get into the Eurovision spirit with Europe's number six sound at the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest with Kaino and Spirit in the Sky. Radio International for all the fans of the Eurovision Song Contest. Hi, this is Kaino from Norway. And this is our song, Spirit in the Sky. Enjoy. 2019. Norway. Can't you stay? Stay with me into the night. Stay, I need you close. You can go back when the sun rises again. Just stay tonight, just stay. Have you seen my spirit lost in the night? The violent night shade, they took away my light. They call us nothing, my name is nothing. Come see me, please see me.
Kino and its spirit in the sky, the fans' favorite of the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest, ended up number six. The public favorite, their number six of the Eurovision Song Contest, it was won by the Netherlands and Duncan Lawrence with the song Arcade. Kino's new single, new song is out. We can't say singles anymore, but just songs, and it's called Midnight Marina. New, and they released that one in June of 2023. Some great stuff there out of Norway from Kaino, Midnight Marina from June of 2023. Right here on Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience. Radio International for all the fans of the Eurovision Song Contest. And the new song by Poli Genova is 
featuring uh, Rodrigo Ace and it's called La Rumba. New. New. And then it's David Mann for the birthday fall to come in Studio 3. He's getting ready for it. Et non apret, et non azat, así es la vida, pero hay que luchar, y ya lo ves, no hay que dudar, pues si me caigo me vuelvo a parar, siempre la rumba debe continuar, la vida loca, loca, nunca te olvides que hay que avanzar, si vuelves pa' tra, 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 tra. Hey, hey, un paso adelante y un paso atrás, hey, hey, ven a bailar el baile de la vida, hey, hey, un paso adelante y un paso atrás, hey, hey, sigue bailando y nunca te rindas, en una Casi cuento al revés, un pasito para atrás y un pasito para adelante. Y otra vez me mantengo de pie, cual sea la falla, sé que la voy a romper. Oh, fantastic piece of music. La Rumba, it's called, and it's performed by Poli Genova featuring Rodrigo Ace. And that was Ace indeed. Right, let's go over to London, Studio 3, and David Mann for this week's birthday file. Radio International. Oh, I love it. Europe's number one. Eurovision birthday time once again here on Radio International and a long list of artists who are celebrating their birthdays this week includes a number who've appeared on the Eurovision stage more than once and two winners of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. First, let's send greetings to Spain's 2012 representative at the adult contest, Pastora Soler. It's also the birthday this week of Dieter von Thies, who took part in the German performance in 2009. Also from Germany ten years later, Lorita Spinelli, or Laura Castells, celebrating her birthday. She was one half of Sisters for Germany in 2019. 
Italy's 1972 representative Niccolò Di Bari is celebrating, as is Marianne Ment, who represented Austria in 1971, Palmi Gunnarsson, a member of ICE for Iceland in 1986, Raffaele Rifoli, or Raff, who sang with Umberto Tozzi for Italy in 1987. Greetings also to Shel Tunzun, who represented Turkey in 2006, to Trine Jepson, who appeared with Michael Teschel for Denmark in 1989, and to Lara Hirapatian, who sang for Armenia at the Junior Contest in 2009. Amongst other artists blowing out the candles on their birthday cakes this week, greetings go to Tatiana Roshdenyak, Ukraine's representative who withdrew from the 2019 contest, and Jimo Augustus Kehindo, or Jeffrey Kenny, one half of Tvorchi for the Ukraine this year in Liverpool. Birthday greetings also to Ana Maria Augusta Flores, or Nina, who sang for Spain in 1989, to Senit Zedik Zedik, or simply Senit, who sang for San Marino at 2011 in Dusseldorf, was uh, listed for 2020 and then returned for the 2021 contest. To Elpida Karianopoulou, who sang for Greece in 1979 and then for Cyprus in 1986. To Jean Manson, Luxembourg's representative in 1979. To Simon Seltzer, Austria's singer in 1990. To Sandra Oxenrid, Estonia's 2006 representative. To Drazen Baljak, a member of Let3 for Croatia this year. To Romina Power, who sang with Albano for Italy in 1976 and then again in 1985. To Israel's 2004 singer David Dor. To Eddie Butler, a member of Eden for Israel in 1999, who we hear every week on The Birthday File in the background there, and also featured as a solo artist for Israel in 2006. He was Ukraine's representative at the contest in 2007, appeared at the Interval Act in 2017, and made a cameo appearance in this year's contest once again. Andriy Danilko, better known to us all as Verka Saduchka, has the birthday this week. Marcus Riva, Latvian national finalist from 2014 each year till 2020, and then again in 2022 and 2023, is celebrating his birthday this week. So a prize there for determination to get through and get the Eurovision ticket. Magic O, one member of Pete Jacks for San Marino, has got a birthday this week, and so has fellow band member who goes by the name of Little Ladle. Ed Porter, a member of Wild Youth Ireland's representative this year's contest, is celebrating a birthday this week, as is Teresa Cosvia, a 1966 representative for Monaco and a 1970 singer for Yugoslavia. Helga Muller, the second member of Icelandic group IC from 1986, with a birthday this week. Sweden's 2005 singer Martin Stenmark. Ketel Morland, songwriter and performer with Deborah Scarlett for Norway in 2015. And Nicholas Josef, Czech Republic's representative in 2018. Frederica Bayer, who sang for Hungary in 1994. Friedrich Omar, a member of Euroband for Iceland in 2008 and a backing singer the following year as well at Eurovision for Iceland. Elena Segevna Katina, a member of Tattoo for Russia at the 2003 contest in Riga. Montenegro's 2017 singer Slavio Kalasic, 
Nela Pochiskova, who sang with Kamil Mikulic for Slovakia in 2009, and to one-third of Italy's act in 2015, Il Volo. It's happy birthday this week to Ignazio Bruschetto. And finally, special birthday greetings this week to our two junior Eurovision Song Contest winners, Ralph Mackenbach, who took the trophy for the Netherlands back in 2009 with Clickety Clack, and we'll hear that in just a moment, and the current junior Eurovision trophy holder, Lissandro, who took the prize for France at last year's contest. So as we wish him a very happy 14th birthday this week, here's his song, Oh Maman. Qu'est-ce que tu fais, arrête Je prends ma guitare, j'ai peur de rien Je suis une star, je te donne un refrain Pour moi la musique, un jeu d'enfant Pas de maths pour les Peter Pan Un peu de magie, tout devient possible Je touche l'infini, je me sens invincible Oh maman, oh papa Si vous savez ce qu'il se passe dans ma tête Oh maman, oh papa Essayez, vous verrez, c'est tout bête Un, deux, trois, just clap your hands je peux vous entendre fermer la pierre Contrôle le regard, le jet de jambes Mon rêve se réalise comme dans le miroir de ma chambre Tout le monde a envie de le faire Ça ne demande qu'un tout petit peu d'imaginaire De la joie, de la danse Les pieds qui s'emballent et la voix qui balance Je fais pas de mal, bien au contraire je fais sourire mes amis, mes soeurs et mes frères Soyez pas surpris, ne soyez pas choqués Si vous doutez encore, laissez-moi vous montrer Oh maman, oh papa Si vous savez ce qu'il se passe dans ma tête Oh maman, oh papa Essayez, vous verrez, c'est tout bête Un, deux, trois, just clap your hands Je veux vous entendre, fermez la tête Pour le regard, le jeu de jambe Mon rêve se réalise comme dans le miroir de ma chambre Ik heb geen zin in de computer. Ook 
niet in tv. Some great stuff there at the Eurovision birthday file once again. Thank you very much, David Mann, in Studio 3 in London. He'll be back in a couple of records' time. Sounds, songs from now. Shouldn't say records anymore because we don't have them anymore. We just play MP3s now. Yeah, happy birthday to uh, Ralph Mackenbach, who you heard just last. Uh, Clickety Clack or Click Clack, the uh, name of the song that won the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in 2009 for the Netherlands. And before that, you heard the actual current reigning champion of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest, the winner of 2022. It was the French entry, Lisandro, with the song Oh Maman. Happy birthday to both young singers there. But now, let me tell you what's uh, in the plan for the rest of uh, the show today. And then also what's coming up in our next week's edition of Radio International. So, after this program, after this uh, hour, I should say, uh, we have an hour of Peter Orban, the commentator of German television that's been doing the job for 25 years. He re retired after 25 years doing the commentary at the age of 75. Salman got an interview with uh, the commentator in the Benidorm Fest in Spain earlier on this year. And we spice that hour with some of the uh, songs that he mentions in that interview and were part of his, uh, um, yeah, his, his, his job, his, basically, part of his, his uh, commentating life. 
And then our number three and four will be Eurovision Spotlight XXL. And it's going to be part two and three of the last placed songs of the Eurovision Song Contest. Dermot in our number three and Alistair in our number four. Ellie Rendell will be joining us for that. Next week on the show, we'll have uh, uh, another special. It's Irene Shear who represented Germany and Luxembourg at the Eurovision Song Contest. A few times she was there for Luxembourg. <laughs> But more, of course, in that interview that we did with her. And you're going to hear it on Radio International next week in hour number two. And then hour number three and four also is closing out the little mini-series of five parts, the Eurovision Spotlight with the last-placed songs in the Eurovision Song Contest. Marcus, the Eurovision Lordship will be joining us for hour three and hour number four is Ross Bennett from London Town. So that's all coming your way, but now it's time for more music. Let's go and enjoy Jan Johansson now with that piece of music. Hi, this is Jan Johansson from Sweden. You are listening to Radio International with JP and this is my song of the Eurovision Song Contest in 1995 called Seapome. Enjoy. Sweden. 1995 
it's Jan Johansson there with the beautiful Sepa May. Very lovely, lovely fellow as well. I met him a few times now. And that song reached number three at the Eurovision Song Contest 1995 for Sweden. And Jan Johansson's new song is all about the capital of Sweden, Stockholm. It's called Stockholm. New. new. Don't 
Wow, what a nice piece of music there. That is Stockholm by Jan Johansson, brand new out of uh, Sweden. They released that one in June uh, 2023. And now, once again, we cross over to London to Studio 3 for this week's edition of the Eurovision Cover Spot. Radio International. Oh, I love it. Europe's number one. Yeah. You're listening to The Cover Spot on Radio International. Welcome again to the Eurovision cover spot here on Radio International. With the announcement from the EBU at Eurovision 2023 in Liverpool that Luxembourg would make its long-awaited return to the contest next year in Sweden, it's fitting that this, the second of our three holiday edition excursions into the cover spot's archives from almost exactly ten years ago, features a Luxembourg entry. So let's wind back the cover spot clock to October 2013, when I was winding back the clock to the pre-coloured TV days of the Eurovision Song Contest. Thanks JP and hello again everyone. After our trip into the land of death metal from Germany last week, it's back to the 60s for our cover spot tonight, in fact to 1966. French chanteurs Michel Thor was invited to perform for Luxembourg when they hosted the 1966 contest, and she sang Ce Soir Je T'Attendais, composed by Bernard Kessler with lyrics by Jacques Chamel, and she finished in 10th place on the night. Michelle was born in 1947 and won her first singing contest in Avignon at age 15, performing an Edith Piaf song, and beating another young singer who would go on to international success, Mireille Mathieu, into second place. Following her victory at Avignon, Michelle Tour signed with Mercury Records and had her first big hit in 1964 at the tender age of 16. Following her Eurovision appearance for Luxembourg in 1966, she continued to record with modest success, but had one of the biggest hits of her career at the end of the 70s with a song called Disco Motion. In 1970, Michelle took part in the French Eurovision selection shows, and in 1977 she appeared again on the Eurovision stage, this time representing Monaco in London with Une Petite Française. And Michelle improved on her position in the points table too, finishing fourth that year out of the field of 18 songs. Michelle has made many live appearances at the Paris Olympia over the years, as well as on French TV, and continues to perform and record. Fittingly, she recorded an album of Edith Piaf songs in 2003. She's currently touring in Quebec, Canada, with one concert actually taking place tonight in Rimouski, a town on the banks of the St Lawrence River estuary. And next year, Michelle is booked to play Las Vegas. Look out, Celine! 
So here's Michelle Tour then with the 1966 Eurovision entry for Luxembourg, Ce soir je t'attendais. with the 1966 Eurovision song for Luxembourg, Ce soir je t'attendais. Our cover of the song comes from Finland as Odotin Sanua and is performed for us by Marian Rung. Marian competed twice for Finland at Eurovision, first in 1962 and then again in 1973. So here's Marian Rung with Odotin Sanua, her cover of Ce soir je t'attendais, the Eurovision song from 1966 for Luxembourg. Ovi kellon soiton sen, joka toi pöydän kukat loistaa, kun puna kruunut maljassaan. Ja lempilevys poistaa suhu 
toistaa. Se saman aina uudestaan. Ot minun vain, ot rakkain pain. Ja kukat saa sen kodista, mä varmaan tiesin. Saavuvan sun tiesin. Siis tietenkin suo odotin. Niin odotin ja varmaan tiesin. Aivan varmaan tiesin. Se saavut, siis suo odotin. Pois lähdit eilen tuskin suoden, sä mulle viime hyvästin. Vain katseen kylmän luoden, näin pettymyksen tuoden. Mun jätit kun suo tarvitsin, nyt avaamaan jo mennä saan. Et kysy lain, sä rakkain vain, mä kuinka tiesin, mistä varmaan. Thank you very much, David Mann, for a great Eurovision cover spot this week, once again. Focusing the 1966 Luxembourg entry that came 10th, Michel Thor and ce soir, Je attendais. Okay, and I'll be using actually the instrumental piece of music. When we open up uh, the uh, second, third or fourth hour of Radio International. And Marion Rung, of course, did a Finnish cover of that. Odotin Sinua. And that one in Finnish. Marion Rung herself at the Eurovision Song Contest twice. TPT, I think it was called, and the other one is called Tom Tom Tom. Reached number six with that piece of music in the 70s. Now, final 12 minutes on the show. Let's go and play you some stuff from artists of Eurovision and their new song. Yeah, that, by the way, is the Portuguese entry from uh, 2007. Sabrina, Danza Comigo there. But now, let's go and revisit the Eurovision Song Contest of... 2021. Hello, this is Angela Peristeri from Albania. You are listening to Radio International with JP. And this is my song, Karma. Enjoy. Albania.
Je ta sino pravo kišla stuaš Ladnoče sinjo il je to ja on Češe si ema kurtiran koje Eba spirt vetam vetan do jesu Zodinok ma Angela Peristeri and Karma hit number 21 for Albania, the Eurovision Song Contest 2021 in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And uh, her new song that she released in June of this year, 2023, is called Flake. New.
The new song by Angela Peristeri from Albania. It's called Flake. Released album in July of 2023. It is Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience as we now travel back to 2015. Radio International for all the fans of the Eurovision Song Contest. 2015. Slovenia. Hi, this is Maria from Slovenia. You're listening to Radio International with JP. And this is our song here, here for, for you. you. Enjoy. Enjoy. And you're down, down low. And there's no place you can go. When you're down, down low, you know that I'm here for you. What an entry from Slovenia at the Eurovision Song Contest. Maraja, and here for you, that hit number 14. In Vienna, Stadthalle, in Austria. Number 14 in the final. Wow, great stuff. Feel the power. Check this out. 
this out. You are listening to the ultimate Eurovision experience. Radio International with JP. Hello. Let's go. This is Gustave from Belgium. And this is my song, Because of You. Yeah, when the world got me gone. This is Remo Fall from Switzerland and this is my song Water Gun. I don't wanna be a soldier, soldier. I don't wanna have to play with real blood. We ain't playing now. Can't say the right. No water guns. No, no. I don't wanna be a soldier, soldier. I don't wanna have to play with real blood. Cause we ain't playing now. Can't say This is Joker from Slovenia and this is our song to Radio International with JP. JP. The Eurovision Song Contest 2023 on Radio International with JP. Sweden. Hi guys, this is Lorraine from Sweden. You're listening to Radio International with JP and this is my song, Tattoo. You better enjoy it.
And you're listening to Radio International with JP. And welcome back to the second hour this week on Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience. Starting us off, Lorraine, the winning champion, the Eurovision Queen 2023 and 2012. She won the Eurovision Song Contest twice. No other female artist can say that yet. But she, anyway, she's been the first to do that. She won in 2012 with Euphoria and in 2023 with a song you just heard called Tattoo. Well, in this second hour, it's a special hour as well. And uh, we had the pleasure to uh, speak to the commentator of German television, Peter Orban, who after 25 years retires with the age of 75 from his job as commentator to the Eurovision Song Contest from ARD Television. My colleague Salman has been at the Benidorm Fest last January and uh, met Peter Orban there and uh, took up this interview, which will be airing on the show today. And uh, listen to some of the anecdotes uh, Peter is going to share with us and listen to some of the German entries to the Eurovision Song Contest he's been mentioning in his interview. Speaking to the stars of Eurovision on Radio International with JP. Yes, let's go and start off with our interview playback of uh, Salman meeting Peter Orban. And now we're going to play back like a couple of minutes of uh, the best of Peter Orban commentating on German television, the Eurovision Song Contest. For for the English speakers that don't speak uh, German, it's just uh, to get his voice a bit. So it's it's all in, in German, I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, there's nothing in English. However, the interview is in English. So let's go and listen a little bit to the voice of Peter Orban. Der Werwolf ruft um Wieseln von Gollum und Gattin. Sie sind nicht bei Twilight oder Herr der Ringe, sondern bei ESC 2015 in Wien. Bei Wetten, das hat es für Markus Lanz für die Popstar-Karriere nicht ganz gelangt. Da kam das Angebot aus Schweden doch gerade recht. Da steht er, smart und schick, wie ein Dressman oder ein flotter Versicherungsvertreter. Dina in der IKEA-Lampenabteilung, die extra heute wieder länger geöffnet ist. Das hat die Welt gebraucht. Modern Talking, wiedergeboren als jubilierender Graf Dracula, der gerade neue Opfer gefunden hat. Die Jungs kamen wohl zu spät zum Abiball und wollten nun mit ihrer NSYNC-Kopie Eindruck schinden. David Garrett hat heute seine Geige vergessen. Dafür hat er aber plötzlich gemerkt, dass er unglaublich gut singen kann. Großes Kino aus Island. Oh je, ich fürchte, bei dem Ton sind sicher viele Gläser zersprungen. Ich wette, diese fröhlichen Teletubbies gefallen sicherlich nicht nur isländischen Kindern. Das war der Trailer zu einer neuen polnischen Reality-Show. Bauer sucht Frau. Was hat sie denn um den Hals? Ein Strick mit Blumenkohl? Vielleicht als Strafe für das schrecklich trutschige Kleid. 
Oh je, Choreografie kann manchmal übel enden. Und wie ging der alte Karlauer? Belgien ist bekannt für sein Bier. Der junge Mann könnte mit den Augen brauchen. Die Powerscheinwerfer bei Sanas Lightshow haben bestimmt bis rüber nach Schweden geleuchtet. Hoffentlich haben die Schiffe das nicht falsch gedeutet und sind im Öresund gegen die große Brücke gedonnert. Die bunte Ü50-Disco auf dem Kreuzfahrtschiff mit sehr hart als Animateur. Sloweniger ist mehr. Da stehen sie ganz entspannt wie zwei Krankenpfleger beim schüchternen ersten Date in der Mittagspause. Singen kann sie, aber Designer-Tapete als Umhang und das silberne Federngedönse darunter zeugen nicht gerade von modischer Erleuchtung. Tamta und ihre Cowboys mit ihrer, naja, sagen wir Regenkleidung, mehr was fürs Late-Night-Programm. Vielleicht verlangt ja Madonna nachher Backstage Lizenzgebühren für das Outfit. <laughs> so, there you go. That's a little bit of how Peter Orban, our guest on the show today, sounds like when he commentated the Eurovision Song Contest. After 25 years doing this, he stops. Retiring, well-earned, with the age of 75. Here comes part one of the interview with Peter Orban and Salman talking to him at the Benny Dorm Fest 2023. Hello, here is Salman speaking and I've got the big pleasure to have with me a really legend of uh, German Eurovision history. It's our host since 1997, Peter Urban. Hi Peter, how are you? Hi Salman. How did this all start? How did you become the host of, of the German television? Uh, well, it happened like this. I, I, I used to watch Eurovision as a kid. I loved Franz Gall. I, I looked at Udo Jürgens progressing and winning. Uh, I always picked good songs, uh, but I didn't follow every year, especially not in the 80s and 90s. I thought it was a bit boring. So, um, so I, um, I was doing my radio programs with sort of different pop music and rock music. And I also did for television uh, the commentary of, of big concerts like like Life Aid or, or the concert for Nelson Mandela and the guy who who's who got responsible for the Eurovision Jürgen Meyer-Beer he called me up and asked me do you want to do this and I at first I said is that really my my theme is that really my thing but then I thought I always loved sports I loved I loved competition I loved contests and that would be a live commentary of a contest very very interesting also the music is always there's always something interesting there and also you could go to various big cities in europe i mean nothing nothing could be better so i started in dublin and that was my first one uh, and uh, it was became very interesting from then it really exploded like it got bigger and bigger in 98 it was gildo horn and so much more media interest in germany and and more countries coming up coming in from the east and other countries rejoining and joining so it became such a big event and it got more thrilling and more interesting for me every year so the first year in dublin did you imagine that you would be like that many times at eurovision or did you think it would be a one-time thing Well, not one time, but definitely not 25. Yeah. <laughs> you never look that far into the future. So, yes. so but I, I enjoyed it and I got really, I thought it was really good fun yes. and very interesting. And 
and people also liked uh, my sort of sometimes ironic yeah. kind of putting things, uh, describing costumes or, or saying why he looks like a football player or something like this, where people could could also adjust to it and also look at it like I do it. So and they they enjoyed it and I got very very many good uh, uh, answers and and mails and letters in former times it wasn't yeah. emails it was letters so i enjoyed doing it and the, the criticism was great and the reviews in the press so i thought why well go on let's do it so in your first uh, contest it was bianca schomburg representing germany and the expectations were high because people were saying that she's like a german celine dion then the result was a little bit disappointing how difficult is it as a host then yeah. to comment or if you are like a little bit like disappointed to yeah. to keep the spirit up with the fans and the that's, viewers that's always difficult i mean we had uh, a lot of rather bad results for germany in the past 25 years we had a few really good ones and of course the good ones are more enjoyable and when you sit there and you have to comment on well just a few points for germany or zero points and that's that's a little bit depressive so so that is more difficult of course but for me I try to to transport the, the the joy of the whole event. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether Germany comes 12th or 15th or 20th. It really I think it doesn't matter really. Of course in Germany people are interested in a good result. But uh, I always tend to be tend to be loyal to the German act. I mean I don't criticize it or for saying well she she sang really badly or she she had a bad performance and such i don't do that because i think it's fair not to do it because people voted for the song and and the result is clear so uh, i don't have to comment myself on how bad or how good it was if it's good i'll, I'll praise it <laughs> i think if it's bad well i don't criticize this i'll be fair but it is difficult uh, if if we have a bad result to sort of keep the spirit high yeah. i mean uh, keep it interesting in in dublin actually i personally didn't expect much i thought oh dear a ballad in germany and and I, that's that's not the time i think that this that these times are over yeah uh, but so i wasn't surprised by the it was 18s i think yeah I think a, so, yes. 18 yeah and uh, I wasn't surprised, but of course the expectations in Germany were so high. Yeah. I really didn't understand why, honestly. So I wasn't surprised, but I just just made it very, very sort of uh, nonchalant, and 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 I said, "Oh, Ralf Siegel made a great effort. He mm. he put everything in it. I mean, he's such a passionate guy. He does everything. He looks at the choreography, at the costumes, at the hair, <laughs> and the singing. I mean, he does he does." Sometimes he's wrong, of course. Like Bianca Schomburg, he put her in a business suit. It was sort of looking really too straight, and uh, and she she wasn't locker is the German word. She was she she was not too serious. Yeah, she was too serious. She wasn't at ease. Yeah, and she sang uh, like a little forced. I yeah. mean, you you she wasn't she wasn't free in singing. Yeah. And people people noticed this, yeah. and I thought, oh, when she was singing like this, a little pressed and compressed, I thought, oh no, no, that yeah. won't work. Hi, this is Bianca Schomburg from Germany. You are listening to Radio International with JP, and this is my song Zeit. Enjoy.
Bianca Schomburg und Time, a Zeit in German. That's a German entry to the Eurovision Song Contest 1997. And she reached 18th place with this song. And you just heard the English version of it called Time. In the meantime, <laughs> Bianca's voice has gone deeper because she smokes. <laughs> wow, but she's a great singer and had a pleasure to meet her. We do have an interview with her as well for airing a bit later on on Radio International. Now, let's continue with the interview with Peter Orban, the German commentator of the Eurovision Song Contest for ARD Television. After 25 years, he'll retire. And he said after uh, the victory of Lorraine 
and uh, Sweden at the Eurovision Song Contest 2023. Now, uh, Zeit was 1997, and that was his first time he commentated for German television. As we now continue with part two of the interview, listening to Peter's stories. You already mentioned the year after Eurovision yeah. changed a lot with Gildo Horn, and also then later with the semi-finals. Yeah. So what do you think, how, how, how do you experience this change? Do you prefer the old classical uh, Grand Prix, or do you like now the new Eurovision Song Contest? Well, I like the new Eurovision Song Contest because, I mean, y you have to get all the 43 countries in mm -hmm. and it's the only possible way is semi-finals. Mm -hmm. The old system where 10, 10 have to wait for another year and then next year, that was not a very good system. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's obvious that it's better now, it's bigger now, far more people, far more press, more television crews, uh, uh, far more far more attention in the world but the semi-finals mean that a lot of the crazy and funny entries they go out in the semi-finals yeah. so you you can't see them in the final anymore yeah. and the final is watched by at least 10 times more people than the semi-finals yeah. so in the final the the people at home they don't see all the funny acts that they that went out in the semi-finals that's true that is for me as a commentator is 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 negative because I'd love to be funny sometimes yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing to be to to talk funny about because it's it's all very serious good entries very well sung all the bad ones are, are gone yeah <laughs> so so that's for me it's it's not as not as funny and not as uh, ironical and not as 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 entertaining as it used to be yeah. but i mean i have to live with this it has yeah. been like this since well, the, sec the semi-final started in 2004, didn't 2004 it? 2004 in yeah, Istanbul. In yes. Istanbul, yeah. And that was a good year because Max Mutzka, I loved that song. I think what a great singer. Yeah. And that, that was so superb. I mean, yeah. I always enjoy these things. I always loved when quality sort of tried uh, yeah. was winning. And I always noticed that the diversity of the entries became bigger and bigger and also more like uh, the, the 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 rock and pop music of the times was noticeable at, at Eurovision. All the Eurovision ballads and the Eurovision dance was going away, and I was glad because yeah. I didn't like this. Yeah. I more I like more the the modern pop, yeah. modern rock, modern whatever ethno dance. I like that type of styles in the Eurovision representing also the trends of the day yeah. i think that's that's good for eurovision to to and at the moment uh, eurovision is is head above yeah i mean like with winners like moneskin yeah. and and other artists very interesting music in the top 10 yeah it's it's far from the the boring cliche yeah. in germany people still think it's a sort of a schlagerwettbewerb <laughs> and and sort of uh, 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 the same cliche uh, blah blah yeah and they're completely wrong yeah that's because german german public or german viewers and german press are, are very narrow-minded narrow-minded like a schublade yeah. like a like a, a drawer yeah. where they put their styles in and they put it 
close it up yeah. and they never think something is changing but Eurovision has changed yeah. and is still changing a lot and to the better yeah. and they didn't realize they haven't realized this yeah. if they had realized it also the artists in Germany I think they still haven't got that the the trends and the Eurovision is completely different from former times absolutely then in that case I think the good German artists would really try to be become part of Eurovision and they really should be and good artists should really uh, apply for Eurovision yeah. and not say no we don't do this this is no good and so yeah. I, I don't like that admin that that sort of at, uh, um, attitude attitude that's the word yeah uh, uh, that is still very very vivid in Germany it is changing in all the the other country yeah. countries it is changing absolutely Even in the UK, they, they realize that yeah, they have to bring good music, good songs, good singers, and then they can be successful. Absolutely. Uh, not the average stuff, uh, in the, like in the former years. You are listening to... The Radio International with JP. JP. 2004. Germany. Talk about the way I am I only try to make you understand That my affection is so really true My heart has started thumping Since I met you Just can't wait until tonight, baby Till I have you by my side, baby Just can wait until tonight, baby, for being with you. Do 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 do. Just can wait it. Do 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 do. Just can wait it. Do 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 do. saw you, it just knocked me down The way you smile has turned my life around I never thought that it would catch me So I get my head together And I want you to know Just can't wait until tonight, baby Till I have you by my side, baby My lady For being with you
It's Max or Max Mutzke. His full name is as an established artist now in Germany. He represented Germany at the Eurovision Song Contest 2004. And Stefan Raab was responsible for casting Max through his show TV Total uh, back in the days. It's almost like 20 years ago when his song was in the Eurovision Song Contest. I just can't believe it. It hit number 8 in the grand final in Istanbul. As we continue with our interview, Peter Orban, the German commentator, talking to my colleague Salman. Can you tell something how you prepare for the contest? Like yeah. how many days does it take? Um, do you listen to all the songs? Uh, how, how does yeah. it work? I, I listen to the songs when, when all the songs are, are here. I wait until sort of middle of March. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do all this uh, research before because mm -hmm. it's no use. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't look at all the, the national finals mm -hmm. because I don't care whether uh, some song come, becomes third in the national final. Mm. That doesn't matter to me. Mm. To me, the winner does. Yeah. So I look at the winners of the national finals in March. Mm. I listen to them. But I always think it's a big difference from the video mm. that you can see online mm. and the performance yes. in, 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 at Eurovision, in the hall, in the different setting. And so the real... Um, judgment comes when I go when I see the rehearsals mm -hmm. I know the songs but then in the rehearsals they change so much yes and a, a good song sometimes is a bad one because he doesn't the artist doesn't sing as well yes and and the performance and the staging is not as good yes. as the video of course of course so a lot of it changes in the week when I'm there and I, I get different favorites in the week that is uh, sort of going on uh, at the Eurovision uh, place. Yes, and uh, like Terry Wogan, for example, he had always this ritual that after the ninth song he drank a schnapps. Yeah, <laughs> do you have any kind of ritual, ritual no. when you start there or no, do you no. just... <laughs> Nothing at all. No alcohol until, say, very, very late. Yeah. No, because it's no good, not, not good for working. I mean, if you have, con you have to concentrate and I, I concentrate a lot because I, a, lot, a lot of my comments I write down. Mm. The problem is on television that you have 30 seconds mm. in between the songs, mm. 35, 40 seconds. And you really have to time your commentary. Mm. You can't just blabble on and then sometimes you're not finished and the next song is starting. Mm. No, you really have to, have to, have to time it and then, then uh, create the end of the sentence. And, and sometimes some spontaneous things come come uh, as well but yeah. but most of the times I've sort of prepared already the, yeah. the comments and that's why I have to be concentrated I don't want to be so so yeah. so like Terry did I sometimes talk into the music yeah. I mean Jesus yeah. I would never do this but I is mean, there any kind of like uh, anecdote like you can say like anything what happened in the commentaries where you had to really improvise yeah. or when, when well, something sometimes sometimes of course when like like I mean in Oslo when this this guy comes on on the yeah. stage at the Spanish entry yeah. I mean I have to, you have to do something or or in in where was it in in Lisbon also in yeah Lisbon when Suri the yeah. the, the British girl the, yeah, the guy grabbed her microphone uh, and I sometimes see maybe a, a girl or or, or or a singer um, sang really badly in mm. the in the rehearsal. Mm. 
and I wrote my commentary already. And then in the final, mm. he sort of, <laughs> great singing, beautiful singing. Then of course I change, I change what I'm going to say <laughs> because I, then I, I can't say, oh, you sang badly. No, yeah, of course. <laughs> I have to react to this. Yeah. yeah, I definitely do this. Yeah. And are there also any comments which you regret later, where you said, oh, I shouldn't yeah, have sometimes, said it? <laughs> sometimes I have been. Uh, yeah. For example, at one time I. Before the song, which I, that was something I rarely do or never do, but I did. Uh, before the song, I said something bad about the English and the British entry. Mm. And that was not, not right, that it was not fair. Mm. I could have done afterwards, mm. but not before, sort of people uh, uh, go with a biased uh, attitude already mm. in watching the song. That was completely wrong. Mm. And, and I sometimes, uh, or, or, or you, sometimes you say something, in former times you say something about being a, a fat woman or, 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 or a terrible hairstyle. Uh, and, and sometimes you, afterwards you think, oh, maybe that was too strong. Do you that get also letters or emails oh, yeah. from, from fans? And how do you deal with this? Because I think everybody has oh, got their yeah. favorites And it's not that's that's gone. That's it, it. You notice in Germany, a lot of nationalities live in Germany, yeah. and people coming from Armenia or from Serbia or from Bosnia, etc. And they're so sensitive <laughs> about their national singer and national song because I'm only commenting on the on the on the actual entry, the song, the singer. I'm not commenting about about Serbia or Bosnia or Armenia. Yeah. That's not my thing. And and but they take it personally. Yeah. They take it as a as an offense to, to their national honor. Mm. And this this is can be very, very stressful sometimes because people people don't understand what I'm saying. And even they don't a lot of people don't have humor. They don't uh, uh, understand the irony. Yeah. They think I, I offend someone where I really said something funny about it, just ironical. And they take it personally and as a sort of, as a beleidigung and as an offense. Yeah. And that is, that is something, uh, and that of course in the social media time, this has really exploded. Yeah. I mean, people sometimes sit there at home They hardly listen to the to the commentary because they're talking to each other, and then they hear one or two words of the commentary. Oh, and then they take their smartphone and they send something on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever or an email, and they and and they hardly listen to the end of the sentence, whether I mean it funny, seriously, the point, the 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 past, the punch line. They don't even listen to it, but they've sent their criticism already and I've noticed that so much so honestly I don't care yeah <laughs> I don't I if I start reading this all yeah. I mean most of it is positive yeah but if I read the 10 or 20 percent that are sort of then I get depressed yeah. I mean you really get 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 a get a get a get a very bad working attitude then because you always think oh oh do i offend somebody and so you're not free yeah. to speak and this is this is also very 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 bad and of course also the other thing is the people who like it and and who love it and enjoy it they don't write yeah there's only the ones who have to nag or have to criticize something they write yeah because so you can't it's not representative it isn't really it re you really shouldn't care too much about it you are listening to europe's number one eurovision radio radio international with jp 
2018. Germany. Hello, this is Michael Schulte from Germany. You are listening to Radio International with JP. And this is my song, You Let Me Walk Alone. Enjoy. I'm a dreamer. A make-believer. I was told that you were true. silence and the clear horizon and I got that all from you every now and then I'm drawn to places where I hear your voice or see your face and every little thought will lead me right back to you I was born from one love of two hearts we were three kids and a loving mom you made Shelter from the storm You said I had a one life and a true heart I tried my best and I came so far But you will never know Cause you let me walk this road alone My childhood hero Will always be you And no one else comes close Misleading That's when I miss you most Every now and then I'm drawn to places Where I hear your voice Or see your face And every little thought Will lead me right back to you I was born from one love Of two hearts We were three kids And a loving mom You made this place home Shelter from the storm You said I had one life and a true heart I tried my best and I came so far But you will never know Cause you let me walk this road It is Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience. You just heard the song that represented Germany at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2018 in Lisbon's Altis Arena in Portugal in 2018. And it came forth. Those were the days for Germany. You Let Me Walk Alone, Michael Schulte. Let's continue with part number four of the interview that uh, Salman did with Peter Orban, the German commentator, for 25 years as he started doing that job in 1997 and ended it in 2023. And uh, he met, Salman met Peter in uh, the Benidorm Fest 2023 in Spain. We have to definitely talk about 2010, the year when Germany oh, yeah, won yeah. with Lena. How did you experience this? Were you expecting it? And how did it feel to announce the winner? 
Germany being so yeah. successful? I, I actually expect, I expected a good result, mm. but I didn't expect a win. <laughs> I should have actually, because I mean, she was, she was, she was absolutely. It was a, I think it was a year that wasn't that really that 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 strong, and so she was above. She was really the best in that year. So I was uh, sort of hesitant. I wouldn't want to believe. Does she really win? And in the end, I was I was joyful. I was, but at, at home, people didn't listen to it because they were enjoying it so much, or shouting and applauding that they didn't listen to my commentary because I was quite emphatic. For me, I was sort of yes, we won, etc. <laughs> and and uh, so, of course, I was happy. The only thing is, I had forgotten that after after the victory, the German, the commentary of the winner has to go to the stage and and interview the winner. So I had to do this. Some girl from EBU came and, and took me through this football stadium and, and then up to the stage. And I was up three, three and a half hours of, of commentary. You really look like shit. You really look hair like this. And, and I was up there at the stage with Lena and out of breath because I've been, I've been walking on, on crutches and all this. So, and Lena said, Peter, are you well? So, uh, are you okay? And I said yes, and took a deep breath, and then we could start the interview. But that was that was an exceptional year, of course. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Super. Was it like your favorite uh, contest where you have been, or which other contest did you like? Uh, of course, this was one of the favorites because Oslo is also a great city, and the old the whole winning atmosphere was great. But I loved other ones too. I loved, for example. Um, Stockholm is always one yeah. of my favorites. Stockholm in 2000 and Stockholm in 2016, in 2016. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I love Vienna also. Yeah. A very small, very cozy. Stadthalle. Stadthalle, very old fashioned, but good atmosphere. I like that one. Um, I didn't like Copenhagen in 14. Mm. I didn't like Malmö too much in 13. I thought Azerbaijan was interesting. Yeah. Uh, because Baku is, a, is an incredible city, of course the political implications were there all the time. I had to comment in my commentary. We did a lot of political remarks and about 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 human rights, etc. Uh, but but the the event was quite eventful, was quite good, and the winner was ecstatic. I mean, yeah. Lorraine, what a winner! <laughs> and also in former times, uh, like very much. Athens was interesting. Mm. Athens, I mean, Lordy, the poor guys sweating all the time in their plastic sort of masks and uniforms. And Helsinki, I wasn't was a bit boring. Uh, uh, Serbia, well, was okay. And uh, I like the Baltic states. Yeah. But the winners weren't so interesting. I mean, the the Turkish winner was brilliant. I yeah. thought. Serta Serta Berin, I was brilliant. But the the Marienne in 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 in, in Estonia, Estonia that was a boring winner. I don't yeah. know, honestly, it was not very good. <laughs> I like very much the Olsen brothers because yeah. they were so, so surprising. Mm. But I had picked on them. I knew. I thought these might win because I noticed the the audience at the at the uh, rehearsal yeah. at, and and they were singing the song and enjoying it i thought why are they singing the song mm. and it's because it's so popular and these guys standing there like looking like teachers <laughs> or like 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 a sort of uh, finance officials or something really not really like pop stars 
So I thought it was a good and Jerusalem was also quite interesting. Jerusalem, a very small uh, but a, a very fascinating experience yeah. seeing all these places. In former times without the semi-final yeah. you had a lot of time yeah. in the week. So I could go to the Dead Sea, swim in the Dead Sea <laughs> or go to, to, the, uh, to Nazareth or Lake, lake uh, whatever it's called the big leg there and it's it's it, that was a very very interesting experience yeah. yeah it was also third place for germany also with very ralf, good, ralf yeah. siegel and reise nach jerusalem yeah, it was a good song that is a very good song so he keeps on trying coming back yeah. but he doesn't get the chance in the last years what do you think about this do you think it's like fair or do you think it, he should get another chance to well, to, I mean, to if participate he, if he has an incredible song like you could, he could send it in and it would definitely be taken i think Think. Mm. But uh, honestly, all the ones he's 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 ga gave to San Marino as so weren't really that con that not that <laughs> convincing. So, and also uh, one was for Switzerland, three, four, four for San Marino. They weren't really that high class. I mean, uh, like 99. Uh, also the ones like Corinna May that wasn't so good. Or well, Lou that was okay. <laughs> it was 12th place, which which is good. But uh, uh, that the journey to that Reise nach Jerusalem, that was an excellent song. It was uh, his last, last big success, I yeah. think, with the third place. Yeah, and, 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 and a clever idea also, go to Jerusalem yeah. with a song and a, and a mixed Turkish-German band. Yeah. Very clever idea, yeah. yeah. Well, so I think it's fine. I mean, uh, Ralf has done so much for Eurovision, but I mean, his time, of course, musically is over. Mm. Uh, look at the results at the top 10 or, uh, nowadays, <laughs> and there's nothing, nothing near uh, uh, the, the, the songs of Ralph Siegel in the top 10. And that was part four of the interview with Peter Orban, and he's the German commentator for the uh, Eurovision Song Contest, and he's done the job for 25 years. Let's now go and listen to the victory of Germany that he was part of as a commentating uh, Journalist for German television, Lena. 2010. Germany. And this is Satellite. I went everywhere for you. I even did my hair for you. I bought new underwear they blue. And I wore them just the other day. Love, you know I fight for you.
true Cupid's arrows just for you I even painted my tornades for you I did it just the other day It's Lena and it's Satellite, the winning song of the Eurovision Song Contest 2010 in the Fornebor Arena of Oslo in Norway. And let's have the final part of the interview with Peter Orban talking to Salma, my colleague, at the Benidorm Fest 2023 earlier on in the year. Let's go and take a listen to the final part. Yeah, looking also in the future, what do you think can Germany do to become more successful and what can they especially do also to get this kind of Eurovision enthusiasm like other countries have, like for example Sweden or Spain or also uh, other countries? Well, we have to find a very good uh, entry again, like we did with Michael Schulte. Yeah. What an excellent song. But that was, uh, the, you have to always have to be lucky. I mean, it's, it's luck and it's bad luck sometimes. But I mean, it depends on the candidates, which one are picked and which one sort of apply. Mm. And, and if, I hope, they, they, they get a good choice this year. Mm. Uh, I haven't really studied them so intensely, so mm. I don't know. Uh, but I hope we'll get an interesting entry which has to be, I mean, that's what we all know now. Mm. It has to be special. Mm. It can't be just mainstream German radio uh, type of music. Mm. It has to be something extra. Mm. And maybe this is something German, German public, German artists, German juries, whatever, uh, who's deciding who to who, who's going to be a candidate this is what they have to realize that you really have to be extraordinary mm. it can't just be oh, well it's, it's pleasing it's nice that's not enough to get into the top 10 because you have to get into the top 10 of every vote voting then you have to be something extraordinary and this is this is the challenge and 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 we will real I and mean, we can do it i mean i know that for sure, sure for sure we've done it in the past so i think we can do it yes and regarding the like this kind of uh, attitude towards eurovision i mean i think uh, also in the other countries it's different it's like more positive do you think yeah. also the press has has to change yeah, the, the attitude press, the press the press has to to sort of lose this of course the press is always uh, writing like the last result is. Mm. I mean, if Germany had was had been in the top five for five years or ten years, they'd write more positive about it. Mm. And this is a bad attitude. Mm. If you only write about this event uh, uh, concerning the German result, yes. then you don't write about the event yeah. because the event is marked far far more colorful, mm. far more interesting, far more thrilling, far more. Uh, what a great event it is and they should realize this yeah. and, and really look at that and not only look at the German result and then the, the attitude of the German of the German uh, public also would change but still in a lot of media I mean in the target show even in the target show three years ago they still said the Europäische Schlagerwettbewerb <laughs> so the German which is completely ridiculous yeah. I mean three years ago yeah. so so uh, this 
cliche old attitude is still very very alive in Germany and this is, this has to change yeah. yeah yeah so you met all of the German artists also from the past years is there anyone who you would say was particularly charming or who was like really somebody you had a good connection with and you said like this person really deserved yeah. being there besides yeah. Lena well Lena of course Michael Schulte yes um, I think Malik Harris was a very nice guy mm. and he, he I think he was undervalued he should have got a little bit uh, better place uh, he should have gotten it but but also I mean uh, I thought Levina was a very nice charming girl mm. her performance was not so brilliant in the in the final that was that was the, the bad the thing about it uh, yeah there were quite a few um, Roman Lop was a very nice guy and and that's what I uh, that's actually one thing is I'm I, I'm not so much in contact with the German artists mm. because when we we live in the same hotel most mm. of the time but uh, they'd have another schedule oh, okay. they go to their rehearsals they go to their uh, uh, press press events uh, the German embassy event etc and I can't go mm. because I have to be in the hall see the rehearsals for the semi-finals and uh, go to to the commentary meeting and all that so our contact is very rare yeah it's it's we we meet twice a week twice maybe during the week so i don't get to know them as much as i'm probably maybe want to yeah and you mentioned that there are like ma many famous artists who didn't try if you had the choice to select like one artist who you want to see in the future for oh, yeah. germany is there any artist you would say this one would fit perfect to eurovision and he or she should try going johannes erding uh, definitely he would be a great choice and some some serious singer-songwriter really really not the the pop stuff but more a more a, a special song maybe even even uh, like like in former times uh, in that year when Germany selected sister mm. sisters yeah there was the candidate Lily among clouds yeah she became third yeah and I think we if we had picked that song yeah we would have come top 10 at yeah. least because it was so special yeah and at that time eurovision was changing yeah and they were picking these songs yeah and and that would have been a good result or in uh, two years before that it was keoma yeah which was a duo from berlin yeah very thrilling atmospheric song uh, uh more like the uh, mixture of, of dance and ethno and lounge and ambience and if we take stuff like this yeah. then be more successful yeah let's hope so so 25 years uh, being like now the commentator for germany um can we expect to have you many years more or what is like what are your know. plans i don't know really because actually i mean i'm turning 75 in april so i mean let's let's see but 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 i think it's gonna be uh, gonna be uh it has to be an end sometime yeah <laughs> so, so so i'm not sure but you are still happy about it and uh, if I, if I, your I, health I, I and i still enjoy it if i if I, if it's getting too stressful 
like physically especially uh, than than I would sort of would say but maybe maybe I mean uh, this time in Liverpool the last two years weren't so nice because I did it from Hamburg yeah. because of the pandemic uh, so uh, uh, this time I'll go and be in Liverpool and do it there and I enjoy it and and then next year I don't know yet so thanks a lot Peter for yeah. this great interview we are looking forward to have you yes many many yeah. more years hopefully and let's hope that uh, Germany will select a decent and yes. <laughs> successful entry now for Liverpool. We really hope so and thank you Salman. Thank you Salman and thank you Peter Orban. 1999. Germany. Playing us out of this hour with surprise the German entry from the 1999 Eurovision Song Contest coming third Reise nach Jerusalem but we play you the Turkish version that is entitled Kudus Se Seyahat. Portugal and you're listening to Radio International with JP and this is my song I could sound enjoy I could
this is Voyager from Australia. You're listening to Radio International with JP, and this is our song, Promise. Promise. Enjoy. We're Taya and Selena from Austria. You are listening to Radio International with JP, and this, this is our song, Who the Hell is Edgar? Enjoy. <sighs> Eurovision Spotlight on Radio International. This week... It's uh, the Eurovision Spotlight XXL with Dermot Manning, who's back. Hello, Dermot. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, JP. How are you? Very good. Very good. Enjoying it in full flow to play the music of the Eurovision Song Contest, even if they were not the winners. They were last place songs, and some of them are really actually quite good songs and don't deserve the last place. Well, I, I was thinking about a name to call this feature, and I know Chris started it there last week. We we're looking at all the songs that finished last in Eurovision. How about a festival of failure? How about that? <laughs> festival of <laughs> As failure. Through, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure Chris explained it last week, but just to remind the listeners that what we're doing is um, that all the songs that have finished last in Eurovision over the years, uh, we divide them into groups of ten. And that were basically over the next few weeks, uh, Chris started last week, that we're going to basically go back over them, the songs that finished last. As you said, some of them were, didn't deserve it. Some absolutely did. Um, but we just look at them and we're looking at them and some, you know, they're just randomly grouped together. So they're not necessarily starting with one year, just doing the next 10 in a row. No, we're, we're mixing it up a bit and we're going over. The, the various decades are, are, are going to be on each of the segments that we're going to do. So as I have 10 to talk to you tonight about so if you want me to start yes let's go and do it and I'm looking forward to to hear the songs that you picked because I haven't what? heard them <laughs> well, I did, well, I, did think I should actually give credit to Chris here because Chris has the most wonderful sort of uh, random generator for these sort of things and basically he decides <laughs> so that to, to ensure the maximum listening pleasure for our listeners so uh, so I have, I have a real mixed bag tonight but I'm just, interestingly JP for this particular feature I actually have the very very first song that we know came last in the Eurovision Song Contest and the reason for that is because uh, people that know their Eurovision history will know that in the very first contest stage in Lugano in 1956, all we know is the winner. We don't know anything else about any other placings. We don't know who came second or third. And by, by definition, we simply do not know who came last. So every other song other than Wafin, the Lisacia song of 56, it could either have been second, it could have been either, it could have been anywhere. So by definition, we don't have a last place song from the very first contest. But we do have a last place song from the second contest stage, of course, JP, in your homeland in the uh, Heights uh, Rundfunk something as Grossesenshalde Rundfunk in Frankfurt in Germany I, I can make uh, something out of that it's the 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 uh, um, Grosse Sendesaal des Hessischen Rundfunks well that's easy for you <laughs> to say my friend <laughs> 
we'll call it that nice place in Germany. And anyway, and the 57 Eurovision Song Contest saw the number of countries increase from a seven up to ten. And one of the extra countries that joined in that year for the first time was Austria. And Austria sent a singer, actually one of the many singers we've had at Eurovision over the years, with the name Martin, or a, variety, a version of the name Martin in their surname. Because we've had said Linda Martin, we've had Mia Martini, and this year Austria sends the singer Bob Martin. And now I don't, on my bit of research, JP, I can find out nothing about this guy. All I found out eventually, I had even had the brainwave. Do you remember in Vienna in 19, 2015, uh, for the 60th anniversary, we were given a beautiful book about uh, Austria's participation in the Eurovision Song Contest. Mm. Really nice, uh, lovely, lovely coffee table type book. I even went to look at it, because surely as the very first Austrian entrant, there'd be a big thing about Bob Martin. But no, literally one line. He was a chorus singer in the Vienna State Opera. That's literally <laughs> all I can tell about him. But anyway, he arrives in, in Frankfurt, and not too far to go, in fairness, from Vienna up to Frankfurt. And he sings a song in German, Wohin Kleines Pony. And that translates as Where To? Little Pony. So let's have a listen to this is a song which the Austrian entry in Frankfurt in 1957, the very first song in history to come last in a Eurovision Song Contest. Wohin, kleines Pony, wollen wir reiten? Wohin soll mein Lied uns heute begleiten? Zu deinen Heeren, den kleinen Pferden. Dort sind die Täler unendlich wahr. Wohin, kleines Pony, wollen wir reiten? Wohin soll mein Lied uns heute begleiten? Zur grünen Weide. Dort in der Heide, wo ich einst küsste, zur Rosenzeit. Heute ist ein Tag, nur für uns zwei, und und ich sind sorgenfrei. Wer sieht die Welt denn noch so schön, so wunderschön, wie wir sie sehen? Wohin, kleines Pony, wollen wir reiten? Mein Lied wird uns beide treu begleiten Und durch die Felder, die weiten Wälder Klingt's dann im Wind, wie glücklich wir sind Heute ist ein Tag nur für uns zwei und du und ich sind sorgenfrei. Wer sieht die Welt denn noch so schön, so wunderschön, wie wir sie sehen? Wohin, kleines Pony, wollen wir reiten? Mein Lied wird uns beide treu begleiten und durch die Felder die weiten Wälder klingt für uns zwei, mein Kiripia. Radio 
International Eurovision Gold with JP. And Dermot Manning, who is joining us this week for an hour of uh, well, the Eurovision Spotlight XXL, where we take a look at the last place songs at the Eurovision Song Contest. And we, we did a first in the series. There's going to be a second series of this because we, we can't put all in, in this five-part series. So uh, it's going to be coming up next year. There'll be more of that. But this was Bob Martin from Austria, number 10 at the Eurovision Song Contest in 1957. Wohin Kleines Pony, where where to go, little pony? That that translates to. And uh, uh, over to uh, Dermot once again. I think you got something more to add to it. I do, JP, because I always take what I hear a song with the title "Where to, Little Pony." It brings to mind a very, very famous song, not a Eurovision song, but will be known uh, and loved by Eurovision fans all over the place. Because in Ireland, we had a uh, actually it was a UK uh, comedy show called Father Ted uh, a number of years ago, back in the nineties. It was a fictional uh, comedy about a priest, uh, three priests on a fictional island off the coast of Ireland. And in one very famous episode, they entered the Eurovision Song Contest with the song My Lovely Horse. And I'm, I, I have to think, uh, surely then the researchers writing that episode wanted a title for a song. They must have seen Where to Little Pony. I thought, there's an idea for a song. So let's have a quick listen to the very wonderful My Lovely Horse from Father Ted in the 1990s. We have to lose that sax solo. <laughs> well, that's, that's a funny one. I haven't heard that before. Thank you very much, Dermot, for sharing it with us. And uh, my uh, lovely horse by Father Ted. Lovely. <laughs> and JP, if you have even, even more time, have a look at the video of that song. It's on YouTube. Because actually, there's another Eurovision connection. Because the video was actually inspired by the Swarbricks video from the 1975 contest. Ooh, okay. uh, that's what friends are for. So you see them like uh, in a swimming pool and playing a game of pool and things like that. And, and, and the writers of, of, of My Lovely Horse said that's where they got the inspiration for the video on the TV shows. Right? There's a nice little Eurovision connection there. But as I said, I just cannot believe it's a coincidence that My Lovely Horse didn't have some homage, as it were, to Austria's last place song in 1957. Now, poor Austria, it wouldn't have the greatest record in Eurovision because our next country, uh, next year we're looking at is 1962. And uh, for this, we're at the Eurovision 
Christmas Song Contest stage in Luxembourg, <clears throat> the first contest stage in Luxembourg. And this was a year when not only Austria would come last again, they actually come last with zero points, but they weren't alone because also Spain, Belgium, and the next country we're looking at, the Netherlands, uh, also came last that year with zero points. And uh, who were singing for the Netherlands that night? Well, it's a group called, <clears throat> sorry, the Spelbrekkers, which translates as the Spoil Sports in English. Uh, it's Dutch singing June. I wait to hear this, JP. Two, a great name coming up here, okay? Warning to all your <laughs> listeners. Because one of them is called Theo Records. We've no issue with that. But the other guy is actually called Hugh Cock. <laughs> so <laughs> make of that what you will. <laughs> I just saw that there. Actually, it's not the, it's not the only funny name we're going to have tonight. But anyway, rec, uh, I, I, and they're even called Wreckers and Cop. We'll call them Theo and Hugh. I think that's probably a bit nicer. Uh, interesting interesting backstory for these two, because they actually met uh, during the World War II when they were uh, worked as forced labour in Bremen in Germany in a munitions factory. So after the war, thankfully, they survived and they went on to be very successful in the Netherlands. And they brought the song Katinka to represent the, the Netherlands. Netherlands in Luxembourg. Sadly, not a huge success. It will come last, a joint last with zero points. But here are the Spellbreakers, the Dutch entry in 1962 in Luxembourg. Music of the 60s. Whoa, whoa, Remember the 60s. 1962. The Netherlands. Elke morgen om half negen komen wij Katinka tegen. Rode muts en blonde lok, en geel truitje, blauwe rok. Maar ze trippen op zwijgen, dat is normaal. Daarom zingen alle jongens haar verlangen na. Kleine koekette Katinka, kijk nou eens een keertje om. Stiekemjes over je schouder. Je pa ziet het toch niet de dus kom. Kleine koekette Katinka, ben je verlegen misschien? We willen zo graag nog heel even een glimp van je wipneusje zien. Elke morgen, zon of regen, komen wij Katinka tegen. Hakjes tik-tak op de stoep, korte rok. Met nauwe koek, maar haar blik verraadt geen nee of ja. Daarom zingen al de jongens haar verlangen na. Kleine koekette Katinka, kijk nou eens een keertje om. Stiekemjes over je schouder, je ma ziet het toch niet de dus kom. Kleine koekette Katinka, ben je verlegen misschien? We willen zo graag nog heel even een glimp van je witmusje zien. Je schouder, je ma ziet het toch niet dus kom. 
kleine koekette Katinka, ben je verliegen misschien? We willen zo graag nog weer leven, een glimp van je wipneusje zien. La 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 la. <laughs> Lovely. I love this piece of music. The Spellbreakers from the Netherlands in the 1962 Eurovision Song Contest there. And uh, Katinka, it hit number 13, ending up last in that Eurovision Song Contest. Radio International, Eurovision Gold with JP. And Dermot Manning on the other side of the line. And DJP, actually, interestingly, the, the Spellbreakers will go on uh, after their music or singing career to have a career in music management. And one of their acts was actually Saskia and Serge, who represented the Netherlands at the 1971 contest held right here in my home city of Dublin. Anyway, JP, a bit of a pattern here because we just heard a song that got zero points in a Eurovision Song Contest in Luxembourg. And now we're going to hear another song that also got zero points at a Eurovision Song Contest staged in Luxembourg. Because we're at the 1966 contest, um, and representing Monaco that year is actually a Yugoslav. She was then Yugoslav, or a Croatian singer, very very famous singer called Teresa Kestovija from the beautiful city of Dubrovnik. Now Teresa actually we would see again at Eurovision because she would represent her home country of Yugoslavia at the 1972 contest in Edinburgh with a brilliant song Musica Et. But uh, for 1966 though uh, she's actually representing representing Monaco of all places and uh, she was picked by Grace Kelly actually to represent the, the principality that year with the song Bien Plus Fort Bien Plus Fort simply means much stronger a song that was written for her by a guy called Gerard Bourgeois and Jean-Max Rivière so here we have as I said the Monegasque entry in uh, it wasn't the only song by the way to get zero points that year in Luxembourg because believe it or not Domenico Modugno the Italian singer with the song Dio Com the ammo would also get zero points and they'd actually be beside each other in the running order as well monaco singing 13th and italy singing 14th so the bad little slot there in the running order in 66 for those two countries but here we're going to have listen to monaco's entry from 1966 Teresa with mia plus fort 1966 monaco <coughs> Et pleurer de tes yeux Et chanter, danser Et tout ce monde 
And that was Teresa from Monaco in 1966, the year that I was born. She ended up number 17 in the Eurovision Song Contest, which in fact is the, the bottom position of that Eurovision chart. And bien plus fort, Teresa. Over to Dermot, our man in Dublin. is. We're doing the Eurovision Spotlight, XXL. We're taking a look at our second part of the last placed songs in the Eurovision Song Contest each and every year. Okay. I loved your 1960s KG Boyle pronunciation of Monaco there <laughs> <laughs> well the rest of the world has always called it Monaco anyway <laughs> so I mean, it's amazing the principality of Monaco you know anyway I don't know why it was called it like that in the 60s anyway very British thing anyway we heard Therese of course as I said there she would return and triumph to the 1972 Eurovision Song Contest stage of course in beautiful Edinburgh in the Usher Hall in that city uh, Edinburgh taking on the hosting duties from Monaco uh, as they weren't enabled to host the contest after Severine's triumph at the 1971 contest stage of course in Dublin and we're staying in 1972 because coming last uh, in, in in Edinburgh would be the duo representing the beautiful island of Malta now Malta actually made their debut in Dublin in 1971 and actually will come last then as well well actually believe it or not the Duo Helen and Joseph actually not only did they came last, they actually did worse because they got fewer points than Joe Gregg had got in 1971. So they actually come, you know, they managed to come last, but actually a worse last, if you can understand what I mean there. Anyway, the song that Helen and Joseph are singing is called Lehambaba. I think it's like Lehamba. 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 Yeah, Lehamba. Lehamba. Uh, no, 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 no. Limhaba. Limhaba. Sorry, Limhaba. Oh, sorry. I, I should I should have I'm doing my Ross here. I'm getting my pronunciations all mixed up. Anyway, who's singing Lehamba? Lehamba actually is interesting because it was at the Maltese Sound Contest that year. It was actually a solo song. It was a guy called Joseph on his own. Joseph Kutajar. He won it. But for reasons escaping all understanding, uh, the Maltese organizers decided he had to have a, a friend on stage in Edinburgh. He must have looked very lonely. Uh, on his own so they sent and I, this is a lot funny to JP because how often do I say to you that literally it must be written in the Maltese constitution that whoever represents Malta in Eurovision has to have the surname Borg Mikalev <laughs> whatever you know and sure enough this is a Mikalev here Helen Mikalev who interestingly also is a sister of Renato who would represent Malta in the 1975 contest in Stockholm mm. but anyway this is um, the Maltese entry sadly a very very poor finisher with only 48 points in Edinburgh. La Hamba uh, means love. It's the Maltese entry in 1972. Music of the 70s. 1972. Malta. Hi, this is Helen Mikhailev, and you are listening to Radio International with JP. And uh, I sing the song along with Joe Kutayar. It was always in the Maltese version called Limhabba, means love. <laughs> Limhabi <laughs> 
Åten alltid Danmark vill härra Och passel vi nio kvobinar Så gick det nata Kär jag besärra Den nästa lilla Fle eldanar Mot sittel friks Helsingers och hippies Vill ni stasia li långt än nej Lustest och egiba dig en haft min om Om att vi glömda och kolla en tjej Liv habiba, jag är så kisse Hajal el albertnis Och vi ser hula kiss Liv habiba, så är vad som går Li en botawa, tjuft dig Helen and Joseph and Lim Haba and that one hit number 18 at the Eurovision Song Contest of 1972 won by Luxembourg and Anne-Marie David and if I'm not mistaken yeah it was Anne-Marie David winning it for Luxembourg wasn't it uh, Derm- Derm- uh, 1972 no Vicky Leandros Vicky Leandros of course and then it was Anne-Marie David so <laughs> the after I thought something was wrong what I was saying there so that's what I was asking you anyway I uh, had the pleasure to meet Helen and also Renato the brother together with Mary Spiteri and Lynn Kierkop and at the Maltese national final in uh, 2022 and we had the joint interview which we had last year as well and it was so nice when they talked about the olden days and and making compliments to each other and there was so much love Aww. inside this and uh, so good to meet those legends of the Maltese Eurovision entries and another <coughs> another experience the year before I was uh, in Malta for my summer holidays for a week in August and I was swimming in Janina Bay which is a neighboring bay to Golden Bay and uh, they had p- put boats on the line a bit further out and then one of the boats played music and they played all these Maltese Eurovision entries from those days the old times so nice and I was swimming to them and said you make my day even better <laughs> putting Maltese Eurovision music on fantastic But anyway, that's over to you now for our fifth song in the selection of uh, the last place positions at the Eurovision Song Contest in your slot. And we actually have somebody who I think holds a very special place in the history of Eurovision uh, last place songs. And I think we are the only singer who's ever actually managed to come last in Eurovision Song Contest. 
twice. <laughs> we are talking about. I don't think it's any other singer who's done that before. <laughs> um, she's. I'm reading here online, and it does say uh, with two last place finishes, uh, she is usually cited as the most least successful artist to have appeared in more than one Eurovision Song Contest as the only artist to date to finish in last place twice. <laughs> Who is this very unlucky singer? Well, it is a Norwegian Anne Kadeen Strom. It's probably not surprising given how many times Norway was last in Eurovision that at least one of their performers would manage to do it twice. Um, she actually has, she, she didn't come last every time because Anne Kadeen uh, was actually part of the Bendix Singers who uh, were in Luxembourg in 1973. That's when Amory David won. And she actually came seventh there so she obviously was delighted with herself with the song It's Just the Game. She then was a solo artist in Brighton a year later. She's flushed with success from her seventh place finish in Luxembourg. They sent her straight back to Eurovision a year later and with the song The First Day of Love, sadly she was shared last place with only three votes. So obviously two years later she says well I'll obviously try again and she comes to The Hague in the Netherlands and this time she's singing the song Mata Hari in a gold jumpsuit. Actually very like the jumpsuit was worn by our lead singer uh, from Wild Youth in <laughs> Liverpool this year and you might remember she kept taking on and off a very large pair of glasses mm. uh, but as I said having come last in 1974 she will come last again with the song Matahari the Norwegian entry in the 1976 Eurovision Song Contest staged in The Hague Radio International Eurovision Gold with JP and Dermot 1976 Norway
Ankarin and Matahari at the Eurovision Song Contest in 1976. As we leave the 1970s, Matahari ended up at number 17, which was at that time the anchor position, the, the bottom of the Eurovision Song Contest final. And uh, Matahari Ankarina Storm, as, Storm, as we heard from, from Dermot, saying that uh, only one artist managed to end up twice at the end of the scoreboard, and it was Ankarin Storm. Indeed she was. And actually she was 18. She was eight of 18 songs in the Hague that year. <coughs> and she was 18. Interesting, actually, another Eurovision connection. That song, actually, Matahari, was written by Frodo Dignes, who you might remember was the conductor of the orchestra in Oslo in 1996 at the Eurovision Song Contest. Anyway, we move on and we're back. We're sort of history repeating itself here because we started with Austria at the very start of this. And we're back with lovely Austria again. And I also mentioned in 1962, Austria was one of the songs that actually came last long the Netherlands and that contest was in Luxembourg and we're at another time Austria manages to come last at a Eurovision Song Contest in Luxembourg. This time we're at the 1984 Eurovision Song Contest and we are with the singer Anita. Now we had a great name for the Dutch uh, huge cock earlier and we've an equally <laughs> funny Anita Spanner <laughs> representing Austria. Uh, spanner is actually a bit of a, of a, of a thing. And for those who don't speak English, a spanner is a tool in a toolbox. Uh, use it to uh, untighten nuts and things, nuts and bolts and things. And it's actually a sort of a phrase in Ireland like, ah, oh, you're a bloody spanner, you know. So it's a it's a bit of a, a light hearted uh, tease word here in Ireland anyway. Anyway, she sings the song in Luxembourg, Ein Feck Weg. Uh, now, Jerry, you, JP, your German is better than mine. So does that translate as simply gone? I believe it does. Uh, y- yes, 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 yes. Uh, simply gone. Simply gone, exactly. That's yeah. it. And needless to say, you couldn't have a Eurovision entry from Austria in the 1980s without a certain someone uh, on somewhere on stage. And of course, the infamous Gary Lux has to be there. He's actually <laughs> one of our backing vocals. I think Gary Lux is like five, six times with Austrian entries in the 80s and 90s. At least, at least that, it may be more. Uh, but anyway, poor Anita, sadly, she'd be a very clear winner of the Austrian uh, selection that year, but she couldn't repeat her success. In um, in Luxembourg, and not only that, but she was a really distant last place as well. Uh, she only got like five points, and the next one up was at twenty six. So I mean, a really poor show for Austria in Luxembourg. But listen to Einfeck Weg by Anita Spanner, which means in English simply gone. Music of the eighties, Austria.
Anita from Austria. Number 19 at the Eurovision Song Contest of 1984. The good old sound of the 80s. We do love that one. Simply Gone or Einfach Weg, the name of the song that ended up last in that particular Eurovision Song Contest. Dermot, over to you. Next up, JP, we're into the 90s. And this is now, the, for me personally, an uh, important one because this is the very first Eurovision I ever went to. Uh, the first Eurovision I, so the first last place song I actually saw live myself. What year is this? We're in the lovely town of Mill Street, actually, village of Mill Street in County Cork, in the far southwest of Ireland, um, and in the most very unusual location for a Eurovision Song Contest. But I think most people agree it was a very, very nicely staged show, of course won by our own Niamh Kavanagh singing uh, In Your Eyes down there in Cork but who came last that year and it's, this is one of the few now and you said we said at the opening JP that there are actually some songs that shouldn't have come last and I think we all will agree that the song that came last in Mill Street didn't really deserve it we're talking about the Belgian entry song by Barbara Dex called Iemand als Ye Someone Like You in English and I mean most people have wondered why did it do so badly and I think we all have to agree she didn't help her cause on the night with her her self-made dress. I mean, it just was the most appalling banana yellow uh, creation <laughs> and with, uh, just, with Swiss roll earrings on her ears as well. I mean, it just, it was a very, very and of course, it would inspire the infamous Barbara Dex Award, uh, which uh, used to be for the worst outfit, but it was then changed to the most striking outfit on the Eurovision stage. Actually, I think we have another winner of the Barbara Dex Award coming up in a minute or two. But anyway, Barbara Dex herself is Barbara Maria Carell Dex, and she was a son, the daughter of a well known um, um, a singer called Mark Dex. So, as I said, this is a song, beautiful ballad, and I don't know why it came last. It just didn't really resonate with the juries that year, particularly in the year that a ballad won the contest, namely the Irish entry. But this is a nice tune, and I've always liked it. It's the Belgian entry in Mill Street in 1993, Barbara Dex with Iemand als Yay. The Naughty
Barbara Dex and Jemand Alzier, Someone Like You. And that one ended up number 25. Bottom position at the Eurovision Song Contest Grand Final of 1993, representing La Belgique, Belgium. Over to Dermot. Okay, well, given that they hold the record for the most last places in the history of Eurovision, it's not surprising. We have now another song from Norway. Uh, Norway, I've lost, I think, so many times at this stage. Um, but this, and we're also interesting, as you say, the, the listeners, we're now into the 2010s and we're into the era of uh, uh, semifinals. So interestingly, I just explained that the songs that we're playing in this whole sequence are last places in the grand final. We're not dealing with last places in semifinals as well. Otherwise, there'd be far too many to try and fit in so for Norway anyway we're at the 2012 contest stage in Baku in Azerbaijan and interestingly for Norway they sent an interesting artist uh, to Baku to represent them he was called Tujik but um, his name was actually Turaj Kesh Keshkatar, I think it was. And he was actually born in Iran, in Shiraz in Iran. And he uh, was also, but raised, went to Norway when he was only one year old. And uh, so he did the, um, and then he, but he's also an out, uh, LGBT singer as well. So it's an interesting person to send to a country like Azerbaijan and Iran, because Iran and Azerbaijan don't get on that well. But anyway, so anyway, he, say, he goes to uh, Baku to sing the song Stay. Now he does qualify from the semi-final, albeit in 10th place. So he scrapes into the final, but unfortunately, uh, that's a, that was that was the end of his success because uh, the song would then come last in the grand final, written by Tuji himself with Peter Bostrom and Fige Bostrom. This is the Norwegian entry that will come last in 2012. This is Tuji singing "Stay." 2012. Norway. Hi, this is Tuji from Norway, and you're listening to Radio International with JP, and this is my song "Stay." Enjoy.
it's 2G and stay. Number 26, anchor position of the grand final in 2012 in Baku's Crystal Arena. Norway's entry there and uh, I didn't think it deserved the last place. It was really, really a good song. What do you think? Yep. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's just one of those ones. It just, you know, sometimes songs just don't resonate with the televoters or the juries. And that's obviously what happened that night. Anyway, JP, we're moving on. Um, two more still to, two more to go, haven't we? Two more to go, yeah. Two more to and, go, yeah. Uh, yeah, two more, yeah. And our next one, now we're four years later. So we're now in the beautiful Globen Arena in Stockholm in Sweden uh, for the 2016 contest. Great contest, great contest. Funny, actually, uh, we just mentioned Barbara Jackson, the Barbara Jackson Award there. And I, I mean, I would have made money that the winner of the Barbie Text Award in Stockholm will be our next singer because the German uh, singer Jamie Lee uh, Kreivitz uh, she was described by Graham Norton when she came on stage in a bizarre outfit you remember with the stuff in her hair like 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 nearly like a hat with horns in it or something like that and, and Graham Norton famously said there's not a single thing about this woman I don't find annoying <laughs> I just remember that in the commentary anyway uh, well actually she was she didn't win the Barbara Dex Award that year. It actually went to Nina Kreidich, the uh, Croatian singer, who sang the song Lighthouse. Remember that, JP? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, just seeing it, the very first winner of the Barbara Dex Award was Debbie Sherry, uh, the Maltese singer in Dublin, which is, who wore that a terrible dress uh, for Let Me Fly. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Anyway, so anyway, back to uh, Stockholm in 2016. And yes, this is Germany, sadly, coming last. Uh, obviously, being one of the big uh, five, it didn't have to qualify through a semi final. And uh, one of the many songs. Actually, I have to be honest, one of the many uh, entries of big five countries that do come last in the Eurovision Song Contest. But coming out, I say the song was written by, uh, it's called Ghost, it was written by Thomas Bertia, Anna Lane, and Conrad Hensel. So this is the last place entry from your country, JP. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is Ghost, uh, sung by Jamie Lee uh, Kreivitz in the Eurovision Song Contest in Stockholm in 2016. Okay, here we go. 2016. Germany. Are you ready for a ghost? The story of us is already told Let's tear the book apart Start to rewrite it all We're already gone But still in this together Like a dragon to his gold We're still holding on
Jenny Lee, well, the Jamie Lee Gray, well, no, no, Jamie Lee Krivitz, that is. <laughs> All good things are three. Jamie Lee Krivitz and Ghost, and that was the German entry in 2016, ending up on the bottom position number 26 at the Eurovision Song Contest from Stockholm in Sweden with the song Ghost. And you got one more left for us, Dermot. What have you got? We have the 2019 contest. We're in lovely Tel Aviv in Israel and in, and representing the United Kingdom that year. We have the singer Michael Rice. Uh, Michael Rice uh, came through to represent the UK, uh, will sadly come last in the contest in the song with the song Bigger Than Us. Uh, the interesting thing about this particular one, you might remember JP, was because one of the songwriters of Bigger Than Us was the Swedish singer John Lundvik. And of course, John Lundvik himself was actually in the Eurovision he actually ended up uh, he had a song called Too Late for Love do you remember mm-hmm. and one of the, must be the only times that a performer uh, of one country was actually competing against another song that he wrote for a different country but it happened that year and um, but I do think that actually Too Late for Love was the better song of the two and Sweden obviously would do better in the contest than the UK Michael Rice I mean lovely guy uh, I probably look, he did look at this phrase look like bunny in the headlights he looked very very scared on stage <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the song was written as well as John Lumbig by Laurel Barker and Cara Folin and Jonas Tander. So the song that came last with the UK is the final one we're going to listen to tonight. It is the UK entry in Tel Aviv in 2019. Michael Rice with Bigger Than Us. The United Kingdom. 2019. Dermot, thank you very much for coming on. We are playing out of this hour with Michael Weiss, the UK's entry. That ended up number 26. But another hour is to come with our dear friend. And it's just a little shift change from Dublin to London. Uh, Alistair Randall will be with us in the next hour for another of those songs that ended up last in the Eurovision Song Contest. All the best until next time we meet on the air. My friend Dermot in Dublin. Have a good time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, JP. Always a pleasure. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.
listening to Radio International with JP. JP. Hello, this is Albert. Really, this is We are Lake Malawi from the Czech Republic representing our country with the song called Friend of a Friend. You're listening to Radio International with JP. Listening to Radio International with JP, and this is my song. It's called Love Is Forever. I hope you enjoy it. Love, Love is forever. Love is forever. Hey guys, this is Victor Grom from Estonia. You're listening to Radio International with JP, and my song this year is called Storm. Eurovision Spotlight on Radio International. This week, as we continue with uh, the Eurovision Spotlight XXL, you've got another one right now coming up after the shift change with Dermot Manning in our number three, our number four. We continue with the same theme, the last placed songs at the Eurovision Song Contest. And for this, I'm, I'm, I'm joined by Alistair Randall from London Town. Hello, Ali. Welcome back. How are you? Hello. And um, good evening. Yeah, it's great to be back uh, chatting through some of the uh, the last placed songs in Eurovision history. Proof that uh, bad does not necessarily mean bad. And we've got some really good songs that have come last over the years and songs you don't hear very often. So, yeah, it's great to, great to give these songs a bit of an airing. And then I fully agree to this. And I think that is a, a great feature that uh, was born uh, when, we, when it was discussed. What shall we do throughout the summer? And and uh, ending the summertime like this is really nice as well. Definitely, yeah. We're, we're hearing songs from, from across the decades, from the 50s right up to the to the present day. So really showing off the uh, the, the interesting history of the, the song, song contest that we know and love so well. And indeed. So we've got 10 songs lined up from the decades of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the zeros and the uh, 2010th. <laughs> that is good about you then. Okay, so let's let's go. And did you put them into an order, or did we do it by by uh, uh, the year chronologically? Yeah, we're going for chronological order. I think uh, it'd be too difficult to think of other orders. I thought, could I do them alphabetically? No, that'll get far too confusing. Let's just <laughs> let's just have a bit of a, a time machine going from the past uh, nearer to the present. So we're going to start things off. We're going to go all the way back to the fourth. Eurovision Song Contest, the 1959 contest um, held in France, uh, in Cannes, at the Palais des Festivals du Congrès, back when Eurovision was uh, was early doors. It took place on the 11th of March um, that year. It was hosted by Jacqueline Joubert, and this was in the real kind of early era of Eurovision. It was all dinner jackets. It was all very kind of, you know, serious and um, very kind of oldie worldy seems a million miles away from the flag-waving party that Eurovision is today. Um, the contest that year was um, won by the Netherlands, Teddy uh, Scholten, with the uh, really quite good in Beatia. There were 11 songs that took part. 
Uh, but the song that sadly came last was from Monaco, the Monegasque entry by a guy called Jacques Pille. Uh, he was born in 1906, uh, died in 1970. Most famous, I would say, he was married for five years, uh, including when, um, just before this contest, actually, to Edith Piaf. Uh, he's actually the father of Jacqueline Boyer, mm. uh, who won the 1960 contest. So some interesting Eurovision connections here. René Ducou is his real name, but went by the name of uh, Jacques Peel. And it was a very 50s Eurovision song that he sent to the contest just i mean he didn't really have far to travel did he from monaco all the way down to Cannes. he could have been and got the bus home again at the end of the show <laughs> he might quite possibly did given how badly he did um but the monegasque entry from 1959 jacques pile my friend peter or as i say in french mon ami pierrot Music of the 50s. 1959 monaco Bravo, décida de ton sort. Faut tirer le rideau sur ta vie. Fini la comédie. Ton théâtre est bien mort. Et ton chant s'est enfui dans la nuit. Mon pauvre Pierrot. Mon ami Pierrot, de tant d'infortunes, au clair de la lune, mon ami Pierrot, qui n'a que deux mots, j'aimais bien ta plume, même quand elle n'était qu'un sanglot. Si les temps ont changé, Arlequin démodé. Moi je suis pour toujours ton ami Car tu as enchanté mes plus belles années C'est pourquoi je te dis aujourd'hui Mon ami Pierrot qui fait le gros dos Qui n'a plus de scène Viens chanter tes amours et ta peine avec moi. Jacques Peel and uh, Mon Ami Pierrot and that one was the uh, entry for Monaco back in 1959 ending up on the anchor position at number 10 in that particular Eurovision Song Contest. Ellie is with us and we're going to be going through more of the songs that ended up last in the Eurovision Song Contest. Over to London. 
It sounds like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Uh, we're going to move four years later. We're going to move to London, in fact, to the 1963 Eurovision Song Contest, the second time that the UK hosted. Uh, this time, 63, they hosted it at the then fairly newly built BBC Television Centre, hosted by the legend that was Katie Boyle. Uh, the interesting, the show director, Yvonne Littlewood, she actually died in the last uh, couple of weeks, and she was a huge name uh, in BBC um, television for, for, for many years. 16 countries took part um, in the 1963 contest. The winner uh, was Denmark, uh, Greta Jorgen in Mun with uh, Dan Savisa. Um, but there were, let me see, one, two, three, four countries that shared the last place. There was Norway, there was Sweden, uh, there was Finland, and there was the Netherlands, which is the song we're going to play. It was a lady called Annie Parman. Annie Parman, born in 1926, uh, died in 2000. She's from Imoden, um, took part um, in a number of musical festivals. She sang with orchestras, uh, particularly around Harlem for many years. And uh, she did initially take part in the Dutch national final in 1960 uh, with Vatte in Um But it was actually the other artist who sang it, Rudy Carroll, that ended up getting the ticket um, to the Eurovision. Um, 1963, she had a couple of songs in the national final, uh, but the one that uh, got the ticket to London was called In which means a musical box. Um, so it kind of gives you a bit of a hint of what the song is going to be like. Quite a bouncy, very early 60s number, but um, like many countries that year, it didn't really um, set the scoreboard on fire. In fact, it got a grand total of zero points. So the Dutch entry from 1963, Annie Parman in Spieldels. Music of the 60s Remember the 60s 
en raakte hen heel voorzichtig aan. De herder en zijn herderinnetje zijn nu voor altijd een paar. En als u dit verhaaltje niet geloven wilt, vraag die veer dan zelf een keertje naar. Want die twee zijn nu werkelijk bij elkaar. Heus dit sprookje is waar. Annie Parman and in Speldoos. And uh, uh, that is out of 1963, the Dutch entry, ending up at number 13. How, how would you translate the Speldoos in, in uh, English? It's like a, a play? A music box. A music box. Uh, simple as that. And, and, uh, yeah. But, but what, what, you, what do you call this in English where you uh, have a music box in the pub and you would put the money in to select the song ah, to play? A, a, a jukebox. Jukebox, so that's it, that's it. So, because uh, yeah. in, in German, music box is the jukebox. <laughs> ah. so in English, a music box is one of those ones you sort of wind up and it plays, you know, like oh, a tune like that. And a jukebox, nice. yeah, that's the one you get in the pub and you, you know, you stick in a pound coin and it, you choose a song. And of course, there was a very famous uh, BBC radio show, Jukebox Jury, for many yeah. years, where people selected who the kind of new songs of the week were. Indeed, oh, that was that was nice. I, I remember uh, having heard earlier earlier editions of that as well. That's nice. So let's continue here on Radio International with the uh, ultimate Eurovision experience, taking a look at the songs that ended up on the bottom position of the Eurovision Song Contest finals with Alistair Wendell. Go ahead. Sorry. That's fine. We are going to stick with 1963. Like I said, there were four countries that shared the, the last place, the 13th place, all with the dreaded Nilqua. Uh, we've heard one of them. We're going to hear a second one now. Um, and I, I don't really have much to say about this one. It's been, you know, some of these early songs, you do your research, but it's really difficult to find out anything uh, about it. All I can tell you is that it was sung by uh, Laila Halme. Um, he was born in 1934 in Yaski, represented Finland, died in 2021. She's best known for taking part in the Eurovision Song Contest in 1963. Um, very little details about it. There was a national final a few weeks earlier uh, in February, um, where, interestingly, um, the national final version of Moisto Yeni Laulu was sung by Irmeli Makala, uh, but by the time it made it all the way to London, uh, the singer had been changed, and it was Laila Halmer. So let's hear the Finnish entry, the last place entry from 1963, one of four, representing Film. Radio International, Eurovision Gold with JP and Ali. 1963. Finland. Oh, no. 
missä lähdit niin, vielä sydämessäin laulusi soi. Kenties sama laulu onnen uuden toiselle toi, levyäs vielä soitan, kulunut vaikkakin Vaikkakin on muistoni vain on niin kulumaton. La 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 Taking us back to the year of 1963 again by Laila Halmer and uh, oh yeah, muy <laughs> no muy stokeni laulu. <laughs> Is that the way to say it, Ellie? <laughs> Kitos, kitos, kitos. Yes, that, yeah. that's, uh, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You'll, you'll be sounding like a Finnish native there. <laughs> I just have to do it very, very slowly. Otherwise, I, I'll bite on my tongue and I can't speak anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that song ended up number 13 for Finland in 1963. Uh, but I, 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 I liked it actually very much. Uh, so, yeah. It's a, it's a, okay, there have to be entries to be last. It's, it's normal on the, on the competition as, as the Eurovision Song yeah. Contest. But, the whole part of the competition, but, but yeah, someone's got to come last, and quite often it was the UK. <laughs> ah, yeah, well, okay, it's it's okay. Uh, there always will, will be good days and there will be bad days. But now we're heading into. And which song from the 70s contest have you got lined up for us, my friend? So we are going to be listening to a song that next year will be celebrating 50th anniversary, 1974. I can't believe 1974, one of the most iconic Eurovisions, is going to be 50 next year. Of course we know ABBA won. Of course we know people like Giorgio Cinquetti uh, were in there. It was the runner-up. Uh, we had Olivia Newton-John for the UK. It was uh, Malcolm McNeil for the Netherlands. Irene Scheer for Luxembourg. It really is a classic contest. But what about what happened right down at the bottom of the scoreboard? Well, there were actually four countries that shared last place, all coming 14th, all getting three points. Uh, you had Norway, um, you had Germany, you had Portugal, uh, of course, at the Boist Dios, which was the song that kicked off uh, the Carnation Revolution, very famous that was. Uh, but what about 
little Switzerland. Well, they were represented by Gera Martel, uh, who is actually Swiss, born in 1943. Uh, she's from St. Gallen. Um, the uh, first European attempt, um, but then she also took part in the national final in 1976 uh, in the German selection and then in the Swiss selections in 1977 and 1978. Uh, retired from music uh, in 1981. Um, not a song you hear very often, but a, a pleasant Hauptschlager number. Um, Mein Ruf nach dir is the name of the song for Switzerland in 1974, sung by Pierre Martel. Oh, how nice. Let's go and enjoy it. 1974. Switzerland.
That also was a beautiful song I've never heard in my life And uh, it was at the Eurovision Song Contest in 1974 Representing Switzerland and made number 14 Ending up last That's the whole, what this show is all about Playing you the last place Eurovision entries That we think they were actually not that bad uh, The song was performed by Piera Martel And, uh, well, and it translates in uh, my, my shout out to you And uh, my call for you maybe And in German Mein Ruf nach dir Over to Ellie Genau, wunderbar <laughs> so, Oh no, sorry, English um, yeah, So switch. let's move to uh, From one UK hosted contest To another, so we move from Brighton We go north, uh, we go all the way To North Yorkshire and the town Of Harrogate, which of course hosted The 1982 contest, one of the Certainly um, more obscure Cities to have hosted Eurovision Over the year, it's a lovely venue, still standing The Harrogate Convention Centre and uh, hosted by Jan Leeming, uh, won by, of course, Nicole, comprehensively won by Nicole with Ibisian Freedom, of course. Uh, the UK, the host entry was um, Bardo, one step further. Um, interestingly, uh, the, little, the little fact about 1982 contest, there were more acts taking place that were made up of groups or singers with one name than any other contest. We had Dottie, Bardo, Neko, Koya, Chips, Mess, Stella, Lucia, Brix, Asuka, Nicole. Uh, obviously, uh, Printers Inc. was in very short supply in Harrogate that year. Um, but let's go now to the song that came last, that brought up the rear of the 1982 contest. And this is this is different. This is memorable. This is by uh, a guy called Koyo, Tim Koyo, to give him his uh, real name. He's a rock singer that started performing in 1977. Um, and and 1982, he performed a song that was actually written by Jim Pembroke, who is a British guy who'd been involved with a couple of Finnish Eurovision songs, big in Finnish rock music, but originally from the UK. Um, and this was a song all about uh, the nuclear holocaust, the nuclear war. Of course, I mean, what else would you sing about at Eurovision? It was, it was loud, it was different, it was shouty, and it came absolutely last with zero points. But when you get these Eurovision clip shows of the weird and wonderful, this is often one that pops up. So let's hear it. The 1982 Finnish entry, Nilpois, Koyal, Nukul
Getting the ending as well there. Koyo and Nuko Pomin. And uh, that was the Finnish entry at the 82 Eurovision Song Contest in Harrogate. Ending up last at number 18 for Finland. And with us is Der, uh, uh, sorry, it's, it's Alistair, Ali, Ali Rendel in the United Kingdom. We did have Dermot before in the last hour. Sorry for that. Over to you, my friend, now. Over to you. No problem. So Bardo in 1982, of course, sang about one step further. We are going to take one step further to the next contest, the 1983 contest, which was held in Munich, uh, hosted by the fabulous Marlene Schahel that appeared to do everything from uh, the intervals, the introducing of each song, the opening act. And as Terry Wogan said, she probably did the flower arranging as well. Um, <laughs> and even if she forgot the name of the conductor, why not just make make a name up? Johannes Skorgen, a name that will live in Eurovision infamy. Um, but there were two songs that came last in the 1983 contest, both fabulous songs in their own way. There was the, the very bonkers um, opera uh, from Tetted Alp and the Shortwave uh, for Turkey. And then the song, just a couple of uh, the next song in the running order, interestingly. So the two songs back to back both came last, both got Neil Poir. Uh, the one we're going to hear is from Spain by the lovely uh, Remedios Amaya. She was born in 1962 in Seville. She's a huge star in the Spanish flamenco scene, um, has had many, many albums over the years. Uh, her last album was in 2016. Uh, she has the wonderful Spanish forename of Maria Dolores Amaya Vega. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, and everything about the song is just iconic, from the dressing gown that she was wearing to performing barefoot. If this wasn't 1983, this would have done a lot better. I think in recent years, this would have actually done okay. Uh, but 1983, no, we were all about the pop. We were all about bands like uh, Sweet Dreams, the UK entry. Uh, a ballad won the contest, of course, Corinne Ahmed's. But let's go to the bottom of the scoreboard. The Spanish entry, who is sailing the sailboat of mine? Ken Maneja Mi Barca from Remedios Amaya. 1983. Spain.
A tiny bit of my Spanish there. It's Remedios Amaya, the performer, and the the song itself, "Quien Maneja Mi Barca," and that hit number nineteen as the anchor position, the last play song of the Eurovision Song Contest, nineteen eighty three, from the München Rudi Sedel Meyer Halle in Germany. There, there you go. That's uh, with Marlene Charelle. And in fact, um, uh, um, my dear friend Ali, uh, 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 in our I think a couple of weeks ago we aired the interview that I did with Marlene Charel on the Eurovision Song Contest in 1983. I met her in uh, in March in Munich, and uh, yeah, returning to the scene of crime. And yeah, l- listen back to it via the website at www.radiointernational.tv. There you find, or go, go to Spotify, you find it there as well. Over to Ellie. I will, and I'm interested to know who was Rudy Sedlmayr that the hall was ah. named after. I Rudy Sedlmayr. I think he was an actor in Germany. Ah, interesting. Excellent. Anyway, let we, uh, let's we let move on to a new decade. We're going to take quite a jump here. We're going to go from 1983. We're going to go all the way up to 1996. We're going to go to the contest that was held in Oslo. Um, the first time that Eurovision was on my birthday, May the 18th, let me just add. It's been on a couple, been a couple of times since. Uh, 96 was an odd one because um, this was the era where lots of countries wanted to take part, but there was only room for a certain number. This was before the era of semi-finals. So they tried a couple of things with relegation. 96, they did a pre-selection that was audio only, uh, which of course meant that big favourites like Germany didn't even make it through to the final with a fabulous Blauer Planets from Leon. It was the only year 
unsurprisingly that they tried this format it didn't really work uh, one song however that people were quite surprised made it through the pre-selection uh, but then actually came last in the grand final was the song from finland uh by a lady called Yasmin, Yasmina, Yasmina Tatiana Annette Valentin, uh, born in 1956. She's actually of uh, Finnish Romani um, origin, hasn't really done a huge amount uh, of Eurovision since, but she has performed at various festivals. She's taken part in uh, events in Turkey and Spain and Greece, and I actually saw her, you might have seen her as well, perform on the Eurovision cruise uh, a few years ago. Uh, a good singer, but just uh, didn't really uh, make it on the big stage in Oslo. It was a great set, a great show, lots of good songs that year, and unsurprisingly, this didn't really um, do particularly well. It was won by Ireland that year in 1996 with Ema Quinn, The Voice, 162 points, way down in last place, with nine points, so not the worst score for a last place by any means, uh, was the Finnish entry, so let's listen to it now. The Finnish entry, last place from 1996, the song Nin Kaunis on Taivas. And I'm going to play it in just a second. I just would like to correct something. Rudi Zedelmeier is not an actor. He, he was involved with sports. He's not a sports person huh? as such, but uh, uh, I don't know how to, how to say that in, in English. It's a, a Sportsfunktionär. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got a sports official. Sports official. Yeah. It, okay. So that, and that's why. And now it's called the the. Uh, it has a different different name now. Just a moment. I go back. We will give you the right information. It's the BMW Park. Ah, <laughs> so, interesting. And it, and it used to be the Audio Dome. Now, <laughs> and in the eighties, well, it was the Rudi Zedelmeier Halle. Sorry, say again. Marlene, it should be called the Marlene Sherelle Arena. I think we need a campaign to rename it the Marlene Sherelle <laughs> Arena. If, if you can win against the sports guys, maybe then, yes, uh, why not? Why not? It would be nice because that's a landmark and I hope it's going to be there and not be taken down because Eurovision, 83 took part there. But from 83, we're moving into... The Naughty 1996. And there we visit... Finland.
taivas, kaunis on maa. Me tähtien loisteessa yö kuljetaan, rannalle kun käsikkäin saavutaan, luonas olla tahdon vaan. Beautiful, nice piece of music. I really enjoyed that one by Jasmine and uh, Nine Counties on Taivas. It ended up last for Finland at the 1996 Eurovision Song Contest. And that those days and these days, uh, it was... Uh, Uh, 23 songs in the grand final and there was only one final there was no semi-finals at that at that time but over to Ellie for more information we're going to move now to 2008 and you were talking there about the days of no semi-finals well 2008 was the first year where we had two semi-finals but that didn't matter for the song that we're <laughs> about to hear because this is the song from the uk that didn't we didn't need to bother with with things such as grand finals uh semi-finals rather which is probably a good thing otherwise we may never have made it to the final for, for many many years this is uh into our less successful era put it that way um 2008 uh, in belgrade a great contest actually i had a really good time in belgrade i know you know people have mixed views on the contest but i i, I really enjoyed it um the contest was run by uh dima balan um just ahead of ukraine's annie lorak lady lady a big a big fan favorite to this day um but bringing up the rear was Three songs, I think, all sharing last place in terms of the points. So they all had 14 points. Um, Germany, No Angels would disappear. Poland, uh, Isis G uh, for life. And the song we're about to hear, uh, Andy Abraham. Now, Andy Abraham had taken part in X Factor, the uh, the big British talent show. Uh, he was the runner-up, actually, in the, the second ever version of X Factor 2005. He was runner-up. Uh, to Shane Ward. Uh, he's from London. Uh, famously, he was a bin collector. I think he only did that for, for a while, but forever became known as the Singing Dustman. Um, he's uh, originally of Grenadian descent, uh, but has lived pretty much all his life uh, in London. He still sings, still performs. Uh, we actually looked at getting him for uh, Euroclub this year. I think he's been uh, performing on cruises. Uh, he's had a number of albums over the years. So, yeah, uh, a disappointing Eurovision career, but um, but a decent singer and a, and a good, fun song. It just didn't feel right for a Eurovision in 2008 um, but a song that's good up tempo written by Paul Wilson and Andy Watkins alongside the singer Andy Abraham this is the UK entry from 2008 this is Even If 2008 The United Kingdom You're keeping me fascinated No I I'm not looking for now 
It's not a bad song either And that one hit number 25 Anchor position of the Eurovision Song Contest of 2008 Andy Abraham with Even If In our look back over the years The last place songs at the Eurovision Song Contest With me is Ellie on the other side of the line in London Town And we've got two more songs left in this slot Yeah, it's been really good this set I've, I've really enjoyed uh, playing and listening to some of these songs As we were saying at the start uh, Songs you don't hear very often uh, And the same will apply for the next one The song that was the last play song At the Eurovision Song Contest in 2011 uh, In Dusseldorf, of course uh, Good contest, really enjoyed it Hosted by uh, Anke, Danke Anke uh, Judith Rapkes And of course Stefan Rab um, In Dusseldorf on the 14th of May Two semi-finals uh, But this song was last in the Grand Final final um from switzerland one of the highest scoring last places ever interesting fact the highest scoring last place ever we think is the 2009 last place entry wildos people for finland uh, but this is close it got 19 points um by a lady who was born in 97 87 uh, from basel uh, anna rossinelli she sings as part of a, a pop soul uh, trio uh, although it's her name but um, it's the name of the band as well um She actually won the Swiss National Final the year before, because that was in the days when the Swiss National Final was one of the first ones of the year in, in December. The Große Entscheidung Show uh, was the song Love for a While. Um, she had an album around the same time called Joker that the song appeared on. She had a few songs uh, over the years, and she actually sung the official Swiss entry for the 2014 Winter Olympics, Shine in the Light. Uh, she's had five albums over the last few years, Uh, and a number of singles, her last one being in 2020, the song Victoria Line, which made it to number 19 in the Swiss charts. But uh, for 2011, it was a very pleasant middle of the road, but perhaps rather unmemorable song that she yeah, took to the stage in Dusseldorf. But we'll listen to it now. In Love for a While, the Swiss entry in 2011, it's Anna Rossinelli. 
Eurovision's greatest hits. Every year you think it can't get any worse. With JP. And every year you're wrong. 2011. Switzerland. Nice. It's a lovely song there, actually. In Love for a While, the Swiss entry to the Eurovision Song Contest in 2011 from the Dusseldorf Esprit Arena. I remember it so well. Hit number 25, Anna Rossinelli. There you go. And we've got one more song left in this uh, uh, set. And over to Ali for letting us know what song it is. Yep, so we're going to move to 2017, um, a contest that was held in the lovely city of Kiev. Um, it was a, a good contest, I really enjoyed it. Um, last place, however, let's be diplomatic here. It's not a song that um, often tops many fan polls, and I think it's fair to say it's never, never going to win fan favourite awards, but, you know, every song deserves it to do its best on its merits. I feel duty-bound that whenever this song gets played, one has to say justice for Morella. 
because she was, of course, supposed to win the uh, the Spanish national final that year, um, if you believe the fans. But uh, the jurors had had different ideas, and uh, it's safe to say it was a little bit of a controversial national final contest. But the record stands. It won. It got the ticket for Kiev. It didn't need to go through the semi-finals. It made it all the way to the grand final, where it came last with 26 points just one point behind uh germany uh lavina perfect life uh which came just above it but the last place manel navarro um he was born in 1996 he's from uh, sabadell in catalonia uh, he's had a number of uh, songs over the years he actually won the second edition of the uh, regional catalonia teen star contest in 2014 with a cover of the drake song hold on we're going home uh he Performed in a number of festivals in 2015. His first official single was at 2016, Candle, which made it to, to number two uh, in Spain. And then, like I say, took part in the Spanish national final in 2017. Uh, the song that he represented was a kind of mix of pop with a bit of reggae, uh, written by Manuel Navarro alongside Antonio Rayo Oreito, who also produced the song. Um, he performed at a number of preview contests. He really embraced Eurovision. He did London, he did Israel, he did the Netherlands. He performed at the Spanish pre party uh but um sadly that didn't quite help it in its final final resulting so bringing up the rear for the 2017 contest do it for your lover for spain sung by manel navarro well we're going to play it in just a few seconds but i would like to thank you very much uh, ellie for taking the time to put this together uh, this hour and uh, researching the stuff about the artists and and the songs we've been playing it's been real fun so so far to to do this and i look forward to doing more like this in the future and uh, have a fantastic week and we'll see you next time I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And now, do it for your lover. Manel Navarro coming your way. Ending up this hour of Radio International, the ultimate Eurovision experience. We are playing the last entry from well, the, 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 the last position of the 2017 Eurovision Song Contest, which uh, comes from... Spain. 2017. A veces cuesta decir todo lo que uno piensa A veces la vida causa estragos sin que te des cuenta A veces parece que es como una melodía Frustrada y perdida no nos deja ver la luz del día Do it for your lover, do it for your lover baby Clap your hands and do it for your lover, do it for your lover Do it for your lover, do it for your lover, baby 